With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Today, where upsets rule the Big 12, Oklahoma falls victim at Kansas State, 48-41. to Oklahoma going down for the very first time this season. Sooners now stand 7-1 on the season, 4-1 in conference. And I guess we could throw in there the previously fifth-ranked Oklahoma Sooners as Oklahoma surely to drop in the polls. Uh, we'll talk about that, share some thoughts. A lot of the, a lot of, a lot to digest, a lot to take in. Uh, Oklahoma um, going down in flames, if you will. Sooners get gut punched. If you want to, there, there's all kinds of reasons out there. We're going to get into those, uh, many of them, but there's all kinds of reasons why Oklahoma lost this game. But what this boils down to, plain and simple, is this was a, a case of Oklahoma just getting straight punched in the gut and not having any way to counter, not really having the um, clarity to get up off the canvas until the fourth quarter when it was really too little too late for this team as they had fallen behind, uh, way, way behind uh, to the Kansas State Wildcats. And then they end up a controversial uh, onside kick away from completing what would have been an amazing comeback. But getting outscored 34 to 6 between the second and the third quarter, there's your ball game right there. And you, you want to jump in there and you want to dissect it. And you want to find out why it happened and, and how it went down. Well, we're absolutely going to do that. Welcome to the Sooner Nation podcast. I'm Matt Hofeld, and uh, let, let's jump in there. I mean, second quarter, Oklahoma goes up first 15 minutes, 17 to seven, and you know the what the way Kansas State scored, kind of methodically in that first quarter, you just kind of think, uh, okay, all right, this is going to be a game, but Oklahoma seemed to continue to control the game by what they were doing offensively. But then you go into that second quarter and the Wildcats score two touchdowns and a field goal and the Sooners, and, and look, I, I know people say settle. And so I'm going to throw that word out there. You settle for two field goals. Now, when, when you can't stop a team, when they're, when they're moving the ball, I mean, Kansas State, again, there's just so much here, so much here that we could probably take a full hour of a podcast to just talk about all of this, I'm going to highlight through it. Kansas State, 213 yards on the ground, 213 yards through the air. Balance was there. They were moving the ball with balance. And Oklahoma not able to stop them. 4.7 yards per rush attempt, 45 attempts. Kansas State, Kansas State, Averaged 40, or excuse me, they ran the ball 45 times against Oklahoma and averaged 4.7 yards per carry. That is insane. 
based on what we had seen through the previous seven games with this Oklahoma defense. And here is where people have the problem with the, quote, settling on the field goals in the second quarter is that you're not stopping Kansas State. In that moment, Kansas State had gathered momentum. Oklahoma goes up 10-0. The Wildcats put a drive together, 10-7. Oklahoma answers. It looks like you're going to have a good old classic Big 12 back and forth. But suddenly the dynamic of this thing changed, and it, it changed drastically. And you're not stopping Kansas State, and suddenly you're settling for field goals on short yardage situation. There's concerns. And and the the Wildcat football team and the stadium, it was electric, and everyone fed off of that. Now, Lincoln Riley said after the game he had no regrets. He feels like he made the right choice. And the truth is, you know, you, you put points on the board. You put points on the board, right? But if you didn't have concerns before this game, you certainly should have some concerns now. We could talk about play calling. We could talk about the trick plays. In fact, let, let's get into that. Do you know why? I, I, I guess I'm going to choose to be Debbie Downer here on this, okay? Do you know why Oklahoma is running trick plays? I'll tell you why. It's, it's the same reason they're not using their running backs. Very same reason. See, Jalen Hurts, far and away, is Oklahoma's leading rusher. Today had 19 carries, 96 yards, 5.1 yards per carry. Between Trey Sermon and Kennedy Brooks, they had six carries for 11 yards. Kennedy Brooks' longest run today was five yards. Trey Sermon's longest run was six yards. Longest run Jalen Hurts had, 15 yards. Why is this? It's because Oklahoma cannot run between the tackles. There are many things that Kansas State exposed about Oklahoma today. Multiple things that were exposed. But probably one of the one of the things that sticks out to me, the greatest big eyesore that's coming out of this. I, I thought that they were going to go a jumbo package. I, I said that last week after the West Virginia game. That it, it looks like that it, it looks like, you know, um, Trey Sermon and Ramondre Stevenson are the jumbo guys, and that's how he's going to be used. And that's why Kennedy Brooks is in there to take advantage of his speed, right? You, you want to have those home run threat players out there. And that's why Kennedy Brooks is getting the, uh, the lion's share of the carries. I'm, I'm taking all that back at this point. Jalen Hurts is getting the lion's share of the carries. Trey Sermon and Kenny Brooks are not being utilized because Oklahoma cannot run between the tackles. Now, there's two reasons for this, two possible reasons. The first reason is that Lincoln Riley, the way he's tinkering things with the offense, it doesn't allow for them to run between the tackles, but that makes zero sense from a football perspective. Baylor thrashed this Kansas State football team by running between the tackles. Oklahoma State thrashed this Kansas State football team by running between the tackles. 
It makes zero sense from a football perspective to not run between the tackles just because it's a part of your scheme. Zero sense. <coughs> Excuse me. When you look at film and you see how other teams have played this Kansas State team and you see how they have beaten this Kansas State team to make the decision not to do it, it makes zero sense. So what is the real reason? Why are they not running between the tackles? It comes down to of, of, of a question of whether can you. Can, can you run between the tackles? And it pains me to say, I don't think they can. I think Lincoln Riley acknowledges that they cannot run between the tackles. And that's why you see the game plan carried out and executed the way it is. 26 rushing attempts today. 26 rushing attempts for 102 yards, 3.9 yards per carry. And 19 of those were from your quarterback. That That's... If you're an Oklahoma fan, that should be unsettling. But, I mean, that's not the reason they lost. That, that played into why they lost. Not being able to run between the tackles, not being able to punch it up the gut is the reason why Oklahoma settled for two field goals in the second quarter. That, that played into why they lost. But two turnovers played into why they lost as well. You got the interception. Uh, and look, Nick Baskin, I, 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 I know people were based off of Twitter. People were like, you know, is that the guy you want throwing the ball? Is that what you want to do in that situation? He throws across his body, which is a big no-no. But <laughs> the throw was there. In my opinion, that interception is not on Nick Baskin. It's on Rambo. Ball hit Charleston Rambo, should have been caught and said it's tipped up in the air. And, and at that point, everybody should have known Oklahoma was in trouble. And so you, there's that turnover. And then there, to me, it was the nail on the coffin was the fumble on the, on the kickoff in the third quarter. Kansas State just comes out on fire in the third quarter and – you get a chance. You got to try to stop the bleeding, and I mean, give 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 the Wildcats credit for that little, you know, the I, I call it a pooch kick. I don't know if that's the the actual terminology for the correct terminology, but give them credit for that. And it just it, it gets by Austin Stogner, and then it gets into the hands of T.J. Pledger for just a second, and then the Wildcats have the ball. And ladies and gentlemen, that's your game right there. That's not the reason they lost. It played into the reason why they lost. I mean, you give up two turnovers, you lose a game. By the way, both turnovers that Oklahoma surrendered, both turnovers that Oklahoma gave up, Kansas State scored on. Those two turnovers turned into 14 points. You lost by seven. Sometimes math is hard for me, but it's not that hard. So there's a reason you lost. Now, I mean, I, it plays, it's a factor. 
So you got the inability to run up the tack, run between the tackles. You've got two turnovers, and you're not getting any turnovers back, by the way. Interesting quote from Alex Grinch saying, we just got to change some things. Alex Grinch says, we, we've got to change some things because we're not getting the turnovers. I don't know what those things are that they've got to change. Is he talking about personnel? Is he talking about schematics? What is he talking about? Well, I mean, I, you look at today's, you know, you give up 48 points, clearly a season high. So maybe it's a little bit of both. I, I don't know. This was the old Oklahoma defense, first time this season. It took us eight games into the season to actually see it, but this was the old Oklahoma defense. So Alex Grinch is beside himself. Oklahoma fans are beside themselves. You turn the ball over twice, turns it to 14 Kansas State points. You don't get a turnover on your side. There's two key contributing factors. But I got one more for you. I got one more for you. And I've already mentioned it. I've already thrown it out there. Let's talk about Kansas State running the ball for 4.7 yards per carry. Kansas State did whatever they wanted to to Oklahoma's defense. 34 points between the second and the third quarter. That's insane. And it's because, are you ready for this? Because they were running the ball. They were doing what Oklahoma couldn't. If you if you read our offensive keys post, if you heard the, the, the pregame podcast that Rich and I did, we talked about Oklahoma needing to run the ball. Oklahoma didn't have a 100-yard rusher in this game. They barely had 100 yards total on the ground. But Kansas State, on the other hand, 4.7 yards per carry. 45 carries, 4.7 yards per carry. When you combine those three factors, plus you throw in there, I mean, look, I'm not going to argue against you if you want to rail on the officiating. I mean, look, I'm not going to pretend to understand what the Big 12 Conference was talking about or what they were even thinking on that onside kick. Clearly looked like, clearly looked like Bridges was was blocked into the ball there. I'm not going to pretend to understand that. I, there, there were other, <laughs> you you pick, you pick the gripe against the officiating and I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue against you on that. And then you got DTL getting injured. You got Parnell Motley getting ejected. This was the perfect storm. A perfect storm for an Oklahoma loss. So what does that mean moving forward? What does that mean moving forward? That's what we got to talk about. After taking it on the chin Saturday against the Kansas State Wildcats, Oklahoma faces the bye week next week. Sooners uh, got some problems that they got. They got some some bodies that need to get healed, and they got some issues that need to get fixed. Oklahoma comes back back into Norman the following week to face the Iowa State Cyclones on. I can't even talk on November 9th. Look, if you don't have your tickets to this game, you're going to want to be there to see Oklahoma get things right. And Vivid Seats is obviously your source for tickets to events you want to go to. You can sort by price 
or look for seats in this section and row of your choice all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. Vivid Seats rewards. Go to the App Store, go to Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and the games to the hottest theater shows and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program today. And and when it's time to buy, check this out, new users can enter the promo code OVERTIME. That's O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, OVERTIME. And check out to receive a discount of up to $100. Vivid Seats. If you want to be at Oklahoma, Iowa State, that's the place to go. So what does Saturday's loss mean for Oklahoma? First of all, let's start in the Big 12 race. What does it mean for Oklahoma in the Big 12 race? And, and Because you've got you to you gotta set this up in a way that's attainable as far as the way the season's go, goals are. The season goal is always to win the Big 12 championship because the truth is, unless you're Alabama, you're not getting to the college football playoff without winning your conference first. And when it comes to that category, Oklahoma is still very much on track. Are there concerns? Absolutely, there's concerns. You got We talked about the issues of running the ball between the tackles. We got the issue of getting gashed. On the run game, if you're on the defensive side of the ball, Oklahoma's next two opponents, Iowa State and Baylor, guess what they do very well? They run the ball. So, yeah, you've got concerns. There there are concerns there. But Oklahoma is far. They are a long way from being eliminated from Big 12 conference contention. Baylor, I mean, they they rule the day right now. I mean, Baylor is... 7-0 7-0 in the season, enjoying the bye week. You look at the Big 12 standings, Baylor sits all alone. 4-0 in conference, 7-0 in the season. But, man, this, this is a watered-down Big 12. We, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, how college football across the board is a little bit watered down. That includes the Big 12. Yeah, Baylor is the only undefeated team in the Big 12. But guess what? Oklahoma is the only team in the Big 12 conference with just one loss. Of the teams that have lost on the season, Baylor is the only undefeated team left. Of the other nine guys, Oklahoma, the only team with just one conference loss. Iowa State sitting at 3-2. and two, Texas sitting at 3-2. and two. Kansas State now 2-2, two and two, along with TCU, who pulled off the big upset over Texas. By the way, if you listen to the podcast on Thursday, you, you knew that was coming, right? Because you, you listen to me and you're like, oh, yeah, Matt said Texas was going to lose to TCU. So you've got Oklahoma with one loss, and you've got Iowa State, Texas, Kansas State, and TCU now sit with two losses. And then you get into the team. I mean, Kansas is eliminated. They're done, right? 0-4, they're done. Losing to Texas Tech as I'm recording this, so they're probably on their way to 0-5, right? But then you get into Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and West Virginia sitting with three conference losses, and you start to think, hmm, those are the guys that are in trouble. If you want to talk about someone who's in trouble, let's talk about Oklahoma State, even though they won. 
Let's talk about Texas Tech, even though they're beating Kansas. Let's talk about West Virginia. Those are the guys that are in trouble. They're the ones that are trying to make it happen in the world. You know what I'm saying? Oklahoma State sitting at 5-3, and three, trying to become bowl eligible. One win away. Texas Tech, West Virginia sitting at 3-4 and four in the season. They got a long way to go. Oklahoma's not in trouble when it comes to the Big 12 Conference. They're not in trouble there. They still control their own destiny. Don't have to worry about tiebreakers at this point. Just win, win your games. Beat Iowa State, you eliminate them from competition. You beat Baylor, you're, pro you're probably looking at a potential rematch. At this point, you got to think. I mean, Oklahoma goes down. You got to give Baylor their props. Oklahoma still 100% in control of their own destiny when it comes to the Big 12 Conference. And everybody knows the Big 12 Conference sets you up for everything else. Now, here's where things get super complicated for Oklahoma. Alabama right now is thrashing Arkansas. It's undefeated. LSU gets by Auburn. Top 10 win for LSU. Tigers undefeated. Ohio State takes out Wisconsin. Top 15 win. Ohio State undefeated. Clemson sitting at 9-0. 7-0, sorry, <laughs> not looking at the first place votes. Sitting at 7-0, nine first place votes. There's your playoff right there. There's your playoff. There's your four teams in the playoff. A lot of teams got to lose a lot of games for Oklahoma to get back in this thing. Because the Sooners are going to probably drop down, I'm guessing, in the 10, 9-10 range. Auburn's out. That's their second loss. Notre Dame losing to Michigan as I'm recording this. That'll be their second loss. They're out of the top 10. Oregon trying to jump back in there. Utah trying to jump back in there. Oklahoma's probably going to drop to 9 or 10. That means teams like Penn State and Florida. Georgia's going to be ahead of Oklahoma again. Oregon's probably going to be ahead of Oklahoma. you got a lot of teams that are going to have to lose. It's not as easy as it used to be. You used to be able to say, well, Alabama and LSU are going to play each other. One of them's out. You used to be able to say, Ohio State and, and, and Penn State are going to play each other. One of them's out. Clemson's not going to play anybody. They're in. You know what I'm saying? You used to be able to put it in those terms. But you can't anymore. You can't. Oklahoma gets in, an undefeated Oklahoma team gets in over a one-loss LSU team. LSU loses, Oklahoma's in if they're undefeated. Penn State loses, Oklahoma's in over them. Florida, you name the team. If they have one loss, an undefeated Oklahoma team gets in over them. But a one-loss Oklahoma team? They're going to need some significant help. And, and look, I get it. I, I, I'm, I'm in, I am as much of an Oklahoma fan as the next guy. I promise you I am. People don't like to hear about how much I'm out of the United States, but I am. I'm out of the United States 33 weeks out of the year, 
but I'm still a season ticket holder. That's how much of an OU fan that I am. But this look, Oklahoma, they're, they're going to say, well, Oklahoma, you know, they, they, made the, they made the college football playoff the last two years with one loss. Sure they did. Absolutely they did. But it wasn't a weakened and watered down Big 12 those last two years like it is this year. And it also was a loss earlier in the season. Last year they lost to Texas. That was two weeks ago. You don't have as much time to make up ground as what Oklahoma has had. And, and they were able to kind of get redemption over Texas in the Big 12 championship game. Let's give Kansas State credit for, for winning this game. But, I mean, is anybody I mean is anybody picking the Wildcats to be in Arlington for the Big 12 championship game? <laughs> they go out and they, they play the, the last five games of the season the way they played today. Yeah, they've got a chance. I don't think at this point anybody's picking Kansas State. There's not going to be a rematch opportunity for Oklahoma. By the way, I, I may have I may have totally jinxed Texas Tech. I just saw that score. Red Raiders just I mean, again, this is old news by the time you listen to this podcast, but just so you'll know, it was like 24, was it 17 to 7 or something like that? I don't remember what it was. 27 to 7, I don't know. But Texas Tech just scored a touchdown to regain the lead over Kansas. Les Miles is doing some good things in, in Lawrence. The point I'm making is this. Oklahoma's most likely scenario moving forward is a New Year's Six Bowl game. That's the most likely scenario for this team. And yeah, that stinks. Yeah, that hurts. But like going undefeated is not easy. Keep in mind, I threw that stat out there last week and people stat checked me on. I got text messages and emails and tweets. Last, last week was the first time Oklahoma had moved to 7-0 and since the 2004 season. And the 2004 season was the last time Oklahoma went undefeated. That was 15 years ago. Going undefeated is not easy. Losing a game is not, you know, a death blow unless you lose late. This team is off next week. We don't see them till the second Saturday in November now. That's a that, that's a dev. I mean, the, the whole thing. When I talk about the perfect storm, it wasn't just over the events of the game. It's over the the, the entire thing. Everything. It's not that you lost. It's when you lose. It's really not who you lose to. It's when you lose and how much time you have to gain that momentum back. And there's going to be about eight teams in front of Oklahoma right now. When that new poll comes out on Sunday, there's going to be about eight teams in front of Oklahoma. And you're going to need half of them to lose, maybe more than. And that's where you got to wonder, is it doable? Is that possible? And that's that's a big wonder right now if you're an Oklahoma fan. 
My friends over at MyBookie had Oklahoma as a 23-and-a-half-point favorite against the Kansas State Wildcats. Well, clearly that didn't work out. But, you know, here's the thing. Uh, my bookie has more than just the odds. They, they, they take everything to the next level, not only your point spread in total, but my bookie offers in-game wagering. You can track the action and movement as the game takes place. Game prods, playoff odds, national championship odds are available there. And the Heisman Trophy odds, which I'm sure Jalen Hurts took a little bit of a hit on that today. Um, that just scratches the surface, though. We've teamed up with my bookie this October to give you a great offer. If you sign up at mybookie.ag, and use the promo code OVERTIME, then they will match your first deposit. Again, the promo code OVERTIME, and new users get their first deposit doubled. MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. The Heisman Trophy race seemed to be kind of narrowing down between four, four front runners, really. You got Tua over at Alabama, Joe Burrow over at LSU, Jalen Hurts, and Ohio State's Justin Fields. I mean, look, two is out. I, I I don't see how if he misses more than just this Arkansas game, you know, Alabama's off next week and then they have the big game against LSU. If two is not under center in that LSU game, I don't see how he stays in this race. And even if he stays, if he, even if he's back in that game and he stays in this race, I think he job he drops from being one of the top guys, you know, the favorite one or two, to really being number four. They got Joe Burrow having a great season at LSU. Tigers with a big win over Auburn. Now they get ready, you know, to kind of go down that home stretch in the SEC. He's a kid you got to watch out for, and Justin Fields as well. And th this is the kid, you know, transfers out of Georgia, goes to Ohio State, and just, you know, methodically doing what a lot of people didn't think he was capable of doing. And leading this Ohio State team to really kind of the, the, the Ohio State looks the part. We we I particularly dump a lot on the Big Ten. I do. I mean, you look at what Wisconsin did a, a week ago, and then they they you know that they don't hold the water against Ohio State today either. Wisconsin clearly not a top five program, but when you you look at the depth of the Big Ten, I've been saying this for a couple weeks now. Still got Minnesota undefeated, and and I still I still hold that it's a good parallel, and that Minnesota is the Baylor of the Big Ten. They're the team that you look at and you're going, wow, how are they still winning games? How are they still undefeated? No one was talking about Minnesota when when the football season started. You had your typical Big Ten teams: Ohio State, Wisconsin. Penn State was getting some love, probably not as much love as they deserve, but still getting love. Michigan getting way too much love. No one's talking about Minnesota. It's a fun story, but much like Baylor, you just kind of got to think the bottom is going to fall out at some point on that program as far as this season is concerned. I don't think anybody is wagering money on Minnesota winning the Big Ten. I don't think anybody's wagering money on Baylor winning the Big 12 either. But the point is, the Big Ten still has three undefeated teams. Ohio State, Penn State, and Minnesota. And when when you're in a and you're in a conference 
it's this late into the season. I mean, we're at the end of October now. And you've got three undefeated teams in that conference, and you're the best quarterback in a conference that has three undefeated teams, which I believe Justin Fields clearly is. I think Justin Fields is probably your, your front runner right now. If two is out, you know, a lot of people thought this was between Jalen Hurts and Tua. The injury, I, I really believe the injury takes Tua out of this. I don't believe that the loss takes Jalen Hurts out. Even in loss, he was pretty spectacular. 395 passing yards. He led the team in rushing with 95. It, it was a good performance. And, and let me go back and say this. Because I feel like it needs to be said. I, I was critical of Oklahoma's offense. I think rightfully so. Settling for two field goals in the second quarter, not scoring in the third quarter. You got the two turnovers. Only one of those two turnovers really is the fault of the offense. By the way, maybe maybe the under the overlooked stat or the underrated stat for this game is if Oklahoma's two turnovers, none of them came by the way of Jalen Hurts. It's the first time this season someone not named Jalen Hurts turned the ball over. That's pretty interesting stat. So, so Jay, I don't believe Jalen Hurts in, hurt himself, <laughs> pun intended, in in the big in the uh, the Heisman race. But everyone knows what this Heisman race turns into. It's not the best player in America. Used to be. That's why you'd have a guy who. Played on a losing team, win the win the trophy. Go back and look at some of these guys in the past. So one, go back and look at their record. Go back 20 years ago. Probably go back. Eh, I'll think go back 15. Go back 20 to 30 years ago, and look at the ranking. Look at look at the rankings. Look at the records of the guys who won the Heisman Trophy. It has morphed into the best player on the best team or the best player on one of the top four best teams. And because of that, you, Joe Burrow is probably going to take the very top spot, at least until they face Alabama. Now, I, I believe if Joe Burrow beats Alabama, he wins the Heisman Trophy, hands down. Joe Burrow beats Alabama, he becomes your clear-cut favorite. But if Ohio State keeps doing what they are doing, which is just win and win comfortably every week. Justin Fields is more than just in this conversation. He's up there as well. This is no longer a two-horse race between Jalen Hurts and Tua. But Jalen Hurts still very much in the race, very much in it. But I don't think he's at the front runner anymore. We talked about just a little bit ago Oklahoma's odds for the Big 12. Oklahoma's, you know, Oklahoma's still front runner in the Big 12 conference. They control their own destiny. Of the teams not named Baylor, Oklahoma's the only one with one loss. Oklahoma on the outside looking in when it comes to the college football playoff. Jalen Hurts in the Heisman Trophy race is somewhere in between there. He's somewhere in between on the outside looking in and controlling his own destiny. Now, clearly, Oklahoma's got to win out. 
Oklahoma's got to win out. If Oklahoma loses, if they drop another game, if they lose in Waco, if they lose in Stillwater, or somewhere in between, if, if that happens, then I think that's the end of Jalen Hurts. But at this point, in this moment, there's nothing, in my opinion, there's nothing in this loss. Nothing in this loss that eliminates Jalen Hurts. He doesn't play defense. And when you score 41 points, you've done your job. 41 points should be enough to win a football game. 84.2 quarterback rating, 15.2 yards per pass attempt. One touchdown, 5.1 yards per carry. 96 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns. What did he do to be eliminated from the Heisman Trophy race? You see what I'm saying? Jalen Hurts clearly still a part of this race. It's going to be interesting to watch Tua, though. How long is he going to be out? And when he comes back, how healthy will he be? What is he going to be capable of? Today's episode of the Sooner Nation podcast is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ. It's the brand new streaming sports news network. It's live 24-7 and it costs you nothing. That's right. It's sports coverage that's always on and it's always free. Here's what I love about CBS Sports HQ. They're always focused on the game. Tons of highlights, breaking news as it happens. And here it is, fantasy advice. I love fantasy sports. I am a fantasy sports junkie. And that's where it is for me. I know I turn on CBS Sports HQ just for that. I see tips. I see trends. I see all kinds of things I, I want. And don't forget, you can get access to all this great coverage completely free. I don't mean free for just like a week or a month. You have something special on your cable package. It's totally completely free for everybody. You don't even need to log in. Just download CBS Sports app on your phone, your Apple TV, Roku, your Fire TV, or other connected device at any time to watch CBS Sports HQ. No fake debates, just sports for real sports fan at the great price of completely free. You don't even have to log in or sign up. Download CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. Crazy, crazy day in the Big 12. If you're on the CBS Sports HQ, this is one of the things that's being talked about. Every single underdog in the Big 12 won today. Now, look, Texas Tech, there are zero Texas Tech fans that listen to this podcast on a regular basis. But, look, I owe you an apology, okay? I clearly, clearly misjudged you earlier in the podcast. I misspoke, said Texas Tech, going to handle business against Kansas. But you know what? Kansas with the win. And, again, you're you're listening to this podcast. You know the Big 12 scores. But if you don't know this, because let's face it, there's not a lot of people who really care a whole lot about Kansas football. But if you have not seen this, you need to go go to Twitter, go to YouTube, go to the Googles, whatever you go to, and look at how Kansas beat Texas Tech. Look at the final play of the game. Actually, look at the play before the final play of the game. Unbelievable. Kansas 37-34 over Texas Tech. Kansas State over Oklahoma. Guys, I called it Thursday night. The big upset this weekend was going to be TCU 
over Texas, and that's exactly what happened. The Horned Frogs, they, they beat Texas worse than I thought they would. I, I thought that they would sneak by Texas. I think if I remember right on that podcast, I said it'd be by a field goal. They, they would kick a late field goal to beat the Longhorns. TCU down the Horns 37-27, beat them by 10 points. The wheels are literally falling off in Austin, Texas. You got players entering the portable. You got recruits decommitting. It is not a good situation down in Austin. To say Austin is burning would be the understatement right now of the year in the Big 12. TCU 37, Texas 27. Here's the game that really caught me this week. Outside of Oklahoma. I mean, oh. <laughs> Still stuck on Oklahoma losing, and we're going to be for a while. But Oklahoma State goes to Ames, Iowa in a game that everybody thought, everyone outside of Stillwater, I guess I should say, everyone thought that this was a just chalk it up as a win for the Iowa State Cyclones. Everyone thought that Iowa State was back on track. Absolutely not. Absolutely not the case. Even with Brock Purdy attempted 62 passing attempts in this game. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. You look through, you're like, look, I'm, I'm going to tell you some of the pass attempts, okay? Carter Stanley for, for Kansas in the winning, uh, in the win over Texas Tech. Carter Stanley, 37 passing attempts. Jalen Hurts, 26 pass attempts. Sam Ellinger in the loss to TCU, 48 pass attempts. Brock Purdy with. 62 passing attempts against Oklahoma State, 382 yards. But yet Oklahoma State outscores Iowa State. And this really the first quarter is where this game was decided. Cowboys outscored Cyclones 7-0 in the first quarter, kind of hold their hold serve in the second quarter. And Iowa State with, you know, outscores Oklahoma State 14 to 13 in the second half. And it, the the difference ended up being that first quarter. Big, big win for Mike Gundy. If you remember going back um, a couple weeks ago, Oklahoma State's loss to Baylor, I said it was a perfect time for Mike Gundy to take his guys into the bye week. And now that's where Oklahoma finds themselves. You 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 have to, if you're, if you're uh, Oklahoma, you have to reinvent yourself right now. You gotta you, you gotta pick up the pieces, so to speak. You're sitting at seven and one in the conference, second place in the Big Twelve. I guess three and four and one in conference, but you know what I mean. Second place in the Big Twelve, seven and one overall. And and it's not a murderer's row over the final four games of the season. Two games at home, two games on the road. But a huge game is looming in three weeks for Oklahoma. Sooners will go to Waco on November 16th to play Baylor. And that could, the way things shook out this week, and the way they can potentially shake out next week, that could be a top 10 matchup with Oklahoma and Baylor. Because before before the Sooners go to Waco, Baylor's at home against West Virginia. That should be a win. Baker's travel. Baker, <laughs> Baylor's traveling to Fort Worth to play TCU. That should be a win. I, I think Oklahoma's going to drop. I mean, clearly they're going to drop. 
I think, but I think they stay in the top 10. I think, like I said, I think they're going, they're going to be somewhere around nine or 10. This could be a number 10, number nine, number 10, number eight matchup when Oklahoma travels to Waco. And you got two weeks to prepare for it. If you're Lincoln Riley, you got two weeks to figure out how to run between the tackles. Two weeks to figure out how to make your offense click on all cylinders, something that we really haven't seen it do this season. It's been the Jalen Hurts show, which has been fun. But if you listen to this podcast, you've heard us talk about it's all fun until you lose. And the minute you walk off the field on the wrong side of that scoreboard, that's when people start saying, why aren't we using Trey Sermon? Why aren't we using Kennedy Brooks? Why is it that Charleston Rambo and CeeDee Lamb are the only guys who get the ball? I mean, it, it's again, why are we using so many trick plays? All those things that have been fun for seven weeks are going to be scrutinized over the next two weeks. And, and you've got time to figure it out if you're Lincoln Riley. November 16th is a big, big, big day for Oklahoma. Because you get past Iowa State at home, and you're setting up, I believe, a, a, a top 10 matchup against Baylor. And you win that on a national, national television audience. Look, everything's not going to be right in the world again this season. But suddenly people are throwing respect back your way. You, you're first place in the Big 12. You control, you control the narrative. And you, and you get ready for you know what's going to end up being a pretty fun Bedlam game. Yeah, it was bad for Oklahoma in Manhattan. But not end of the world bad. Four games left on the season. Two at home, two on the road. Two on the road, clearly the, the two big games. And you want those to be big games. Because you got four games left to try to sneak back into a playoff spot. You need some upsets to happen. You need a lot of teams to lose like we talked about. But you need a lot of people talking about you as well. Baylor keeps winning. People are going to talk about that game. Oklahoma State, that's Bedlam. People are going to talk about it. Thanks for listening to the Sooner Nation podcast. I'm Matt Hofeld flying solo today. Hey, uh, do us a favor. Give us a ranking. You know, rate us on um, on Apple Podcasts. Rate, uh, rate us on uh, on Spotify, however you listen to us. We'd love to hear back from you. You can hit us up on Twitter at Sports Heartland. Uh, you could also uh, email us, heartland-sports.heartland underscore sports at yahoo.com. Or you could just go to heartland-sports.com. Drop us a comment on our podcast post there. Have a great weekend, everybody. Don't let it get you down too long. Got a lot of time in between this game and the next game. We'll be back Thursday night to talk a little bit more about it. Boomer sooner, everybody.